when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for a podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. Joining me in the podcast is co-host Robert Boyle, and also John again is a podcast regular John Crawford. John, how you doing, mate? Good, Ryan. Good to see you. And also, Sir Robert, how's things, mate? Hi, right, good. Thanks, Ryan. Um, obviously, this podcast is really just a week and an update and obviously the Mander situation. Um, so a lot of uh, kind of rumours about who's coming in, who, who we're talking to, sort of the papers. So just kind of highlighting, obviously, in maybe detail, maybe three managers, really, in my opinion, um, that I think would maybe suit Celtic. Um, they'll get John and Robert's thoughts on them as well and any of their thoughts as well on, obviously, Maybe the future manager. Um, speak about obviously topics in the media that's kind of the fans are maybe displeased with, and maybe the fans have been talking to, and we'll just obviously get involved in that as well. Obviously, the manager situation, Robert. Um, there's a lot of kind of the new. It's been Kennedy's a favourite, but I don't think that's that would go down well with the fans. Obviously, there's been some media outlets saying that Des is no one a big manager, but as you spoke about before, the board owe us a big a big statement. It can be Kennedy. I, I see the point of Kennedy at the end of the season, right? Um, just to make a list of the ship because maybe the manager they've identified won't come into the end of the season. Um, but I, he was just a massive appointment. It's back to, I would say, the Martin and um, when he first came back in, when he first came into Celtic, um, it, it needs that sort of impact. Um, and they need to have money there to spend for the manager. That's where it might all depend on who you get as a manager, depending on the transfer budget and who's staying and who's going um, out of the team. But um, definitely it was as a massive appointment. One, it will get the fans on board because it's riding on 15 to £20 million in season book sales. And I don't think anybody mediocre manager... Um, is going to do it because the fans are already peed after of how the seasons went and how we've neglected really the fans and the board's neglected the fans and um, how the seasons went and the signings and just everything's just been shambolic this season to be quite honest with you so I think you can't get another one round because it will financially impact the club um, I just feel he's got to get this one right because he's got Ran with the management last year, the signings and everything else, and he can't afford to get World Cup because he could be two, three steps behind with that team if he did. 
another bad mistake. I think us as fans, I think we do know that they won't be away. It's just a, a process they're going to go through and obviously Kenzie's going to be there. But people people may get worried when they see money for obviously Kenzie and you get people outside the, kind of, the betting world might not know how betting works. If you put a 10 on somebody in these markets, it could go down. So I wouldn't take any note of the markets because... As we've spoken about before, that when Brendan Rodgers came in, he was fifty to one or something. Nobody heard he was coming, and then a few days later, he was at Celtic Park. So I think until the managers, as we've spoken about before, Robert, unless he's got a, a scarf and he's signed his contract, then that's when you start going right. He's a manager, um, but obviously yourself, John, obviously Kennedy, still the new. As I've said there, I was talking about him maybe getting a job, but I can't see it. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, obviously, they had to a point from within the new to the end of the season because either they've no go who they want or the guy's in a job at the moment. Um, I think they've had plenty of time already because the rating was on the ball before Christmas, well before Christmas. So, as I said, the, the wheel's in motion before then. And if it's somebody that's in a job, can you not just pay the other team out? Just pay their the contract up. If you desperately want that person to get the on top again, you need to pay the going rate. But that's no Celtics model of doing things, is it? Scrimp and scrape, but hopefully things are changing. Uh, hopefully it's soon. Um, because, as Robert says, you could end up quite a wee bit behind the other team if you don't get it right. Because I think one of the main suitors, um, kind of, as soon as kind of learning was maybe rumoured to go weeks ago in the last few months, it's obviously been Eddie Howe. Um, for me, it's my body. People who listen to the podcast know that he's on my Christmas card list. Um, I think he's a guy that would one of the guys that would fit us in, and I've just got a wee bit about him. Um, obviously, um, he, he could blow in his first spell out of relegation um, for a 17-point gap, which was brilliant. Um, again, he dealt with a transfer embargo, so he's, he's used to dealing with not a lot of money, especially at that level, and then still got promotion. So, for his first kind of stunting manager to do that, Robert, that's quite a good start in your managerial career. I, I, did, I spoke to you about him before, Ryan. I, I like his philosophy. I like how he turned a small club um, in England and Bournemouth with the highest attendance, about 12,000 fans, and turned them into an actual Premier League regular, should we say. Um, I, mean, I remember one of the games they beat Chelsea 5-0. Bournemouth beat Chelsea 5-0 uh, down in Bournemouth. And uh, my mate... He's a Chelsea fan. That's he told me that. And I actually remember when he told me, and I was like, "You forget these things," because he plays football the right way. He plays attack football, and he he's he's done phenomenal. I think he took them for League Two, right? The Premier League, and I think his highest finish was about eight from nine. I think in the Premier League. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so he's turned a small team in England and made them, a pre- made them a Premier League regulars only the season that they got like, injury and 
through a dodgy Val decision, I think Aston Borough would have been um, only they get a goal in against them that was never get given. Um, and Aston Borough get three points. So they eventually get relegated with about two points. So very unlucky near the end considering them um, all the injuries and stuff he had. So I I say he's a guy that I would like to have at Celtic. I'd be hugely impressed if that's the guy that we go as the next manager. As I say, I was obviously talking to you about it as well, John, that he's he finished eighth from 13th in the championship. Then I did get him up, finished 10th, got promotion to premiership. Stayed there for a few years, 16th, 9th, 12th, 14th, and then eventually his last season went down. But the way he talks, he wants to attack football. It's attractive. He wants players to, he wants fans to come and actually watch the game. Um, he's obsessive about winning. And for me, that's something that at Celtic we're obsessed with winning. And I think it's something that we've had installed for years. I think if a guy with that ethos, John, comes to the club, He's obsessed for winning. He, he's in for. He's, I've heard he's with Bournemouth. He was in for half six in the morning till half eight at night. That's the sort of guy that we want at Celtic, in my opinion. Absolutely, aye. Um, you could say he's in a Brendan, young Brendan Rodgers mould, then, couldn't you? Um, similar type of football he's wanting. Same philosophies. Successful um, within certain parameters financially. Like Bournemouth obviously didn't have a great deal of money. All you get was a say ninety million for staying in the Premier League, but they're they're paying decent wages. They're only getting crowds of ten, twelve thousand. So the club wanted to give them a great deal of money to spend. He spent wisely. A few fucking bad signings as well, didn't they? The boy for Liverpool and etc. Aye, nah, it's never snow up to it. But um, I'm starting to warm up to him anyway, because you, you've liked him for a long while. It's just the way he talks about football, and obviously, I know it's YouTube, but you see him live, obviously, on the YouTube for Bournemouth's training camps, and you see the stuff he does, and the way he talks about football. And for me, a guy who's obsessed with football is the type of guy that I think we want to sell it, because... He speaks saying that he doesn't really spend a lot of time with his family because he's, he's obsessed for, for winning. And, and, and he's kind of, he kind of highlights as well, Robert, for me, like maybe they, it's maybe the way that Celtic's been the new with the players. He says some players the new don't think they need coached and they're fine to just do what they want. He says, but I don't like that. I like to get guys in to progress them. And oh, I think it's an interview with Gary Lineker and Gary Lineker says to him, can I like, what's your philosophy and... He says, I just want to win. He says, I want to win. He says, and for the team I'm at, the new at the time, it's Bournemouth. He says, I don't care when I'm on four or five year time. He says, I need to win the new and I need to with my club the new. So, again, it could be a guy that comes in and he could be here for the long term. What I like the fact with him is he's been out of football for a year. So he's probably sat back and just watched other teams and how other teams play and analysing outside football like no being in management and it's refreshing because you look at other teams you look at other structures of clubs you look at all that because that's what people do when they go outside when they get sacked or they're paid off or they leave jobs a lot of them go in and look at other clubs and try and get wee snippets out of all different clubs because when you're a manager of a club you don't have the chance to go and do all that mm-hmm. so his knowledge will be vastly improved as far as I'm concerned 
because he was a went on a lot of clubs and looked at how they structure their things and looked at their tactics. And I think just with a year out of football would have done in the world a good. And I think it'd be refreshing because you'll not feel tired. Like man, you know how it's like being a manager is very tired and it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week practically because they don't get time to spend with their families. So maybe that's him ready to go 100% again. So I think a guy has, like him, would be great to come into Celtic. And I think it'd be refreshing for the players, refreshing for him. And I think he could come to us and be a guy to be there for three or four years. You know what I mean? Depending on how successful he is um, and how much he likes it. Because mostly everybody comes to Celtic, managers or players, they've got nothing bad to say about it, really, have they? They always say it's good and they like the city and stuff like that. So... I would, in my eyes, I would love him at Celtic, but it's just where the board's ambitious enough to come and get him. That's the only downfall at all. As we've spoken about as well, John, that a lot of fans keep saying, or out, people out with Celtic and other other fans and outlets and radio, they say that, oh, it's Eddie Howe's no realistic, you can't get him. And I'm like, how can you know? You need to ask the question, you need to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get him. Ah, generally, I think if you did put an offer to him, which it wouldn't surprise me, Celtic did approach him in, in some manner because he's a free agent. And as you say, Robert, he's been out. So Celtic might be a type of, he's been out in the, how do you call it? He's been, he's been out the limelight in a way. He's been out the football world. Come in, do a good job at Celtic. Like Brendan Rodgers, there might be bigger suitors down the line, John. And the last few people on him, I think he'd be brilliant for us. It's just the way I understand that we maybe need to defend better and no concede a lot of goals. But if you're going to score four or five a game and you're going to win the game, I, I'd take that all day long if I could beat five four of a game. As long as I win the game of football, then I'm all about attacking football. And I think, John, that's the way Celtic have always been the last, at least the least the last few years anyway. It's just attack, attack, attack. Um, Eddie Howe, Robert said he was going to be... Uh, Kind of maybe kind of about clubs looking at how they do things. Tommy Burns done that years ago. He was going about clubs abroad all the time, looking at how they do things, how they big managers coach their players, etc. Um, similar to Brendan Rodgers mould, educating himself as a coach, as a manager. Uh, great to see that um, because I think a lot of coaches or managers, whatever you want to call think that they've reached the top kind of thing if they're managing in the Premiership. But these guys are wanting to st- strive to learn and improve themselves and improve the clubs that they work with. Um, the, the one I wanted was Rafa. I said to you, a, a year after Rodgers was here, he's not going to be here long. I want Rafa for the next job because he was at Newcastle and he was not getting much money in. Don't a great relationship with Ashley, but I'm definitely starting to come round to Eddie Howe. Uh, even Tommy Benitez, well, I think that's, that's another one. People are saying they can't afford them, and we probably can't afford them, but all you can do is ask the question. And a guy's out of work, he's, he's, he's maybe no the youngest of guys anymore. He may have, have maybe one big job left in him. Could Celtic be that big job for him? We don't know, but again, all you need to do is ask the question. That's it. That's the financial packages there. We didn't think we could afford Brendan Rodgers, did we? But we did. And how much that improved the club and how much it took Celtic's money income 
over 100 million for the first time in the club's history when Brendan Rodgers was there. So the pay for these elite managers, the return is far greater. If you can get the right manager in and get the right players and improve the players, then he'll make you money. It's all about how much you want to spend to gain back. I get football is a business at the end of the day. It is, that's what it is. And guys like Dermot Desmond think about the pound signs more than they think about anything else. And I think with Brendan Rodgers, the sort of season books records, they go into Europe, they get into the Champions League, they sell players for vast amounts of money that we've never seen before at Celtic. So you bring one of these managers in, paying dividends, if it's a success, if he's wanting to spread, spend that money now, it'll come back in the future. At the end of the day, the team across the city have done it and they've got their money back on Gerrard or what they've fucking spent out hitting this. So this is I'm not saying he's an elite manager, but they've went and gambled and spent money on a guy they believe in would have took them back to where they wanted to be and it paid off new after three years. And Celtic done it with Brendan Rogers. So go out and do the exact same as Brendan Rogers and try and go for the elite manager. What do they they think and the fans think? And then you'll you'll sell your season books. Players will want to come to you. We an elite manager. Players will want to go and play for an elite manager. They'll know what to go and play for. I'm not saying they'll win and as such, but if you go and say get John Kennedy as your manager, I can't see him persuading players to come and play for Celtic. I'm just putting that out there. I'm not saying that's who's going to be the manager. I'm just saying the difference between an elite manager attacking players and signing players to somebody that's not an elite manager. We've got to look at everything. Season book sales, elite, our elite manager will sell you season books. A John Kennedy's not going to sell season books. So you've got to look at every aspect. They want to make money back on managers and players. Then you've got to have the top ones to bring players on as well. I mean, John Kennedy, I'm not saying he would not but he might not be a guy to develop younger players. An elite manager might be a guy to develop younger players and make you money on them. These are the things that come with pound top dollar for a top manager. These things all come with it. This is how you make money. This is how you get the club into Europe. This is how everything goes forward. You can't go back. You can't go with a guy like Brendan Rodgers and then go back to a manager that's mediocre. Sorry, it just it doesn't work. It's proved it this season. Oh, definitely. Um, when it comes to getting your money back, we proved it with Rodgers, as you say, the season books, I think it's got to be the same, the same now because, as you say there, that you've got to look at every aspect and I think this is why this is so big an appointment because you've got to look for the money side. So, obviously, we're still in a pandemic, so we don't know when the fans are going to come in. So, they need to look at that side. They need to look, right, if we get a good manager, they'll buy the strips again, they'll buy the training gear, they'll buy... It, it all comes in the feel-good factor. If you get a good manager in, fans will, the fans will put their input in. Um, and I think as well, see, I think the DOF, if that's where we're going to go down, I think that will be a bigger point as well because for me, if, if I'm maybe talking about the guy, David Webb, then I think, obviously, Eddie Howe will be one of the first sitters. He's worked with him before. Um, I think the guy David Webb, I don't know much about him, but I just know he's been a lot of clubs like Spurs, Huddersfield, he's been abroad. He's been with Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, so he's done, he's worked a lot alongside him and obviously his assistant at Bournemouth, uh, Tindo. So again, that could be the package. And if, if they worked well at Bournemouth, I don't see how they couldn't work well at Celtic, John. It's financially, it's a different world, though, Ryan, for 
the amount of money Bournemouth are spending and what we're spending. But if, if you get the right person in, you get the recruitment right, you can get some nuggets out there, you know that? You, you can find some bargains that you can get them and then sell them on again because that's what, that's what Celtic will need to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Have them for two, three, four years and sell them on. As I said last week, strike well the iron's hot, sell somebody when they're worth the most. Don't care how important they are to your team, you can just buy another one. I think that's the way we're kind of going to go, Robert, now, because obviously, Edward, if he goes, I will talk about him in more detail later on, but if they do go, they're not maybe going to get the money you maybe fought last year. So, again, it's a dilemma. But I, I agree with you, John, but you've got to think, if they've not got the replacements even lined up, the way our board's been recently, did they have replacements lined up? Or, again, Robert, is it the last minute? But Barkas maybe was a last minute sign because we didn't get Foster and Gordon was let go. It's a full, it's just how how we have been working. You don't really know how we're going to work the transfer, transfer market coming up again. Well, let's be honest, if we've not got a manager or a director of football, how can we sell players and then go and sign players? I know. That one needs to be rectified quite early, is my opinion, mm-hmm. so as we can then build on that because then again, you start signing players and you've not got the manager in. What does that tell you? The manager doesn't sign the players. But he signed so, the boy Liam Shaw, didn't he? Three contract. Aye, it was, it was strange because we don't know who signed them. It was, I don't know if it's a tip off an agent and saying, oh, this boy's going to stop, blah, blah, blah. We don't know what's happened there. It's Lawwell, it's Lennon's maybe told or what, or Lennon's signed him before he gets sacked. Maybe knows really, David. Um, the manager is the top of the pyramid. If you get that right, then the structure underneath it, you should get, that will all come with it. Um, again, it's a struggle to be with the manager. If the manager comes in, he brings his staff in, his director, football gets brought in, but it's got to be, obviously, so they can work together. It can't be somebody just to overlook him, you know what I mean? Like, the way Orwell's overlooked Brendan Rodgers and stuff. It needs to be on it together. It can't be or this disjointed way it's been. Like, as we said, Rogers wanted three quarter signings. He goes and signs as a Guerre, Malumbu and somebody else, rather than the boy, the Italian right back, McGinn, and I think it was Justin James, I think that was a three that Rogers identified. Um, that's, you've got to keep improving year on year. Don't care how many trebles you win. Every good team always improves, and that's the only way they're going to get better. You can't go stale, and we've went stale, I feel. Um, that's just how I feel. And it just needs restructured to start the boat my fresh look. And it needs to happen now because there's too many director of football, a scout, a manager. We're now getting a CEO coming in, Dominic Mark, Dominic Mackay. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, but it's not happening quick enough, in my opinion. You've got, what, eight games left this season, and then it will hit June. And then your qualifiers will start keeping in. Mm-hmm. And then all this stuff will start happening. You sit still, mate, it'll come up and bite you in the arse. It's as simple as that, as it happens to us every year in Europe. We need to act now. I'm not saying we're not acting now, but it's very quiet. The silence is deafening. There's nothing. It's just papers linking everybody ways. That's it. That's all we're getting. I know that's all it's been, John, all season, isn't it? It's all been... Fine for the get-go pre-season. I know we signed five or four or five players and we all thought it was decent, but when you look back now, it was all kind of 
Apart from Tumble, it was all kind of reverse signings. Ayeti was waiting two weeks, and then other guys, Barcast was maybe a reverse sign for goalkeeper. It was just everything in the last, even when we won trebles, even under Rodgers with the European football, we were never prepared, really, especially at the, especially at the back. I can't remember if it was you at Robert. It says three years in a row, Beaton started the qualifiers uh, for Europe, centre-back, which is absolutely embarrassing. Embarrassing. So we just don't do their, their work well enough. It's, it's, is it this, the old scenario where they don't want to sign a player at the start of the transfer window because they didn't need to pay his wages for fucking six weeks with no kicking a ball? Is it that petty still? Could be. Could be. Especially if they're signing four or five players. They need to pay wages for six, seven, eight weeks. That they'll actually no kicking a ball. Need a turn in that six, seven weeks, whatever. Because that's what he used to do. Definitely. It's just, I think this season just dividends uh, how slow we are at doing everything. Um, and again, obviously, the manager situation, another one that keeps popping up again. He's at the Euros with Belgium, but Martinez and obviously assistant with Maloney. Obviously, the Swansea in the Championship getting them up, um, done well with them. He's a, he's a lot of offers. Um, that's the only day I was looking. Sell it off to my job in 2019. I don't know if I, I think it was in Moe event, Robert, wasn't it? 19. Sorry, sir. In 2019. That was off of when Mowbray left, wasn't it? Mowbray? Uh, no, that's just two. That's only two years ago. Well, Mowbray. Was 2009. Oh, Mowbray was 2017, 2017 oh, 18. Oh, nine. 2009, that's when. Oh, nine. Sorry, 2009. Sorry, sorry. The offer was 2009. Aye. He, he, he went to Wigan instead of us. Um, but he done well with Wigan, got me 15, won the FA Cup. I know Everton didn't have the best, but he was trying to put attacking football in. And, but he's went to Belgium, and I know they've got superstars, but he's made superstars play as a team. And I think they all want to go and play for him. And as we all know, you can have the best squad, but if you're not a good manager, you need to deal with all these superstars. And I know it's international football, but the fact that he's maybe getting them gelling in such a small period of time and getting them to semis and whatever else or finals, he's obviously maybe get better as he's getting on, but he's not old. I think he's only 47 or something. So, again, if that could be the guy he joined that we could maybe attract, I think he'd be a perfect fit because he's all possession football and that's just the way we want to play, possession attacking football and get the ball in the back in it. I would take him, aye, definitely. Uh, obviously, we Maloney knows the place, knows everything about Scottish football. He seems an accomplished wee coach when you see him talking on the telly. Speaks very well. High regard, though he must be if he's basically assistant manager of the number one ranked team in the world, which West Belgium under the number one team in the world. France, Germany, Italy, Spain, teams like that. Are the best teams in the world. Their rankings are all that nonsense. Belgium are always they always collapse the big tournaments, but he has improved them. It's, it's difficult for an international manager 
he gets players that are coached at other clubs. I don't think they get coached at international level. I think he just he gets them organised to play in a certain way. And the way he wants them set up is totally different for their clubs. It's, it must be really difficult for an international manager because you don't spend much time on them. But their results have definitely improved big time since he's went there. Uh, I has got a lot of very good standard of player. But if you're saying you're stalled to have guys like How Benitez and Martinez is definitely in that company anyway. Obviously, we spoke about Robert How. He was a guy that, again, asked a question with him. He's at the Euros. Would he want to come to Celtic? Again, if he asked a question, that's all we can do is ask. But I think he's, I'm just trying to, guys, I think the way he plays to play football, possession, nice football, attractive. I think that's only going to, if that's the sort of guy that we want to get and I think it would fit us, it's only going to benefit us as fans because that's what we want to see. We want to pay money to go and watch, obviously, when we get back into the guns, but you want to look forward to Saturday and pay, you know what, I, it's maybe 28 quid, but I'm going to watch decent football and you don't mind doing that. The new, I generally think if this, if it was fans and they're going to know you're 28 quid against Tibbs, I could watch the daily. I think they're going to get somebody, maybe like a Martinez, a Howe, I'll talk to the guy Jesse Marsh again. Bob, I think he's maybe out of the league, but you want to get the guys in, entice more fans like the Rogers to come and also support the team and back the team. I, I like the sound of Martinez, but I don't think it'll happen. Mm. Um, the Euros, I don't see Belgium getting knocked out of the Euros quite soon. I see them going quarters, final, semi final, which would take you into what middle of June, early start of July. I don't know when does the tournament start, June. So you're probably talking the end of June. I would say they're still winning. Then you would need to get them into Celtic. Then your qualifiers have already started. It's just, as much as it sounds glamorous and great, I I don't see it happening because I reckon Belgium will be in the last four anyway, the Euros. And I don't, as much as I'd like it to happen, I'm being realistic and don't think it'll happen. I, as a manager, he's done brilliant with Wigan. As you say, he's won the FA Cup. Um, he, he signed cracking players. He got the two young boys for Hamilton, McCarthy and McArthur. Signed them. Worked on budgets, which probably helped Celtic in a way, if you want to keep talking about that. He always made good signings um, on small budgets. He done well um, everywhere he went. Everton. He wasn't great at Everton. He had a couple of good results, but he wasn't consistent enough. But I listened to Open Goal, and Eddie McGee says he never really played much under him. He says, but his coaching ability, he said he was unbelievable, one of the best he's ever seen. He says his attention to detail and how to set up and how he knew other teams played and who would be their danger man. I mean, McGee says, I didn't play much under him. He says, but I remember lying in training. He says, playing brilliant in training. Martinez kept going at Aiden. Doing really well, doing really well. McGee like said, I'd bide my time. He said, I'd wait three, four weeks. Man's like, best player in the training park today, best player in the training park. He says, I went in to talk to him. He says, I don't know how many times I went in to talk to him about playing. He says, I just kept going in to talk to him. He says, and they go, hi, how are you doing? He didn't sit down, blah, blah, blah. He says, and he would just start talking to him about football. He says, and by the time I ended the conversation, he says, I forgot I was even asking him, I'd walk it. Go, he's calling me that cunt, just called me. I was in there to talk to him about starting a game. And then he says he, he just kept doing it to me. He says, but I don't. He says I can't fault the guy. He says for management and style and how he played the game. He says 
attention to detail was unbelievable. Nothing like you'd seen before. So, I elite manager again, probably one that we'd love to have, but I just don't see it happening with them being one of the top nations in the world and the Euros are going on. So, I think it's unrealistic, that one. I, I do agree with you, mate. I think it probably is unrealistic, but we just try to obviously go through maybe guys from Wimbledon and again, I agree with you. I would take them back. I would take them in a heartbeat. Um, but I think there are guys who's maybe, maybe out of reach, but the guy at Salzburg, Jesse March against Salzburg, they're probably maybe in par with Celtic when it comes to maybe size of team, maybe, I don't know, but for the best team, I know we've won all the champions, well, first, first all the champions, but the last maybe 20 years, we've been the biggest team in Scotland. Um, Salzburg, I think they're the biggest team, <laughs> uh, biggest team in Austria. Um, they're doing really well. They always get to... They're not the biggest team in Austria, right? No, I mean, they've actually only got bombed in 2009. Um, that Red Bulls, didn't they? They're new. Might be. Aye, uh, I think Vienna. the biggest team out there. Um, Vienna. Well, they're giving them weight. Vienna. Vienna. Vienna and our team. They've just kind of come on the scene to make goals and best. But I mean, I like to see that the new, obviously, we are. Uh, yeah. And I think I seen the team talk to him the other day. I think it was on, it was it went viral. Um it was a game that we were feeding off and done. I think it was the Champions League, was it last year, year before? Um I guess Liverpool feeding off and done. And he came in at half time and they absolutely slaughtered him. He was saying about fight and desire and you need to compete and they went out and they could beat four three. But he says obviously what he says in that team talk must have been something unbelievable for them to come out and he says so obviously he's got something. Um, I know he started in America. I think he's American. But I think he talks a lot of languages. Again, that's really good for us. A guy, as you said, with Roger, used to speak to the French and different international. So that integrates the squad. Um, I think he started in America. I don't know where you know the Bulls, but I think, obviously, when he went to Leipzig, uh, when he went to Salzburg, he's really took care of them. But I know he was at Leipzig with Ralph Raniak, and I think that's when he kind of learned his trade with Ralph, and he learned a lot. And, but I've just... With Salzburg, he talks about football, he's all about developing the youth. He's, just, he's obsessive again, like Eddie Howe. He's wanting, he's looked into different types of football. That's why he says he's obsessed with the German game. Because how do they think different? How do how they work at possession? How do they work in possession? So he's very obviously like Rogers in a way, coaching wise, he's maybe a step ahead of a few guys. He knows a lot about the game. He's he's maybe had time to sit down and study the game a lot and I think to what he's done in Europe as well with a team at Salzburg who maybe spend worth maybe seeing that money as us. I don't really know their budget, but I don't think it's maybe right to the Premier League levels. But he's obviously built a good team there. And I think you had the guy Haaland, did they know, at Salzburg as well? They did. They bought for like six million or five million. So again, if, that, if that's his recruitment staff that are doing that, they're obviously doing something right. And again, it could be out the budget, Robert, but it's just a guy who I think would fit our stay up playing the way he took, he took care of Marco Rose remember Marco Rose was their manager mm-hmm. and he went Gladbach and then I heard he's got to take care of an team in Germany so he is Dortmund he's Dortmund. to become an manager in Germany mm-hmm. Dortmund does it uh, I think so I think so, uh, so it shows you we've got track records with good managers Obviously yourself, John, I know you I don't know if you know much about him, but just we reading about him, watching him and his Salzburg teams, that game against Liverpool, that was kinda 
I think we're going to John Collins. Labour John Collins mentions that as well about him, saying he'd be perfectly fat again. I don't know if he'll be getting as much more money as maybe your manager would be getting because I don't think Salzburg paid too much money. Um, I don't know about the budget, but again, John, it's just maybe a guy who, if you're really looking at maybe unrealistically, it could be a perfect fit. I've, I've spoken before about the Red Bull Leipzig model, and he was obviously part of that. Uh, it's that Red Bull group in it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the young German coaches I've got, they're very well regarded at the moment in international European football. Um, I don't know why they've all come through in the space of five, six, seven years. Um, I don't know if it's when the years ago they ripped up the German national team because they failed big time at World Cup. And they, they're up to up and we need to start from scratch. This is no good enough. We're Germany. We should be winning this, getting to semis, finals all the time. So that's what they've done. So they've probably done that at the same time. But at a smaller scale, that's what we need to do, into it? We need to wrap it up and start afresh. New model. Try and be successful domestically and, more importantly, in Europe. I, 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 as, as much as we want to get the league back, I think Robert, we have spoken about as well in the cell, John, that when it comes to European football, as much as we're no, we're maybe European, uh, European League club now, obviously I've got to strive to get to that level in the Champions League again for obviously the financial side of it, Robert, but that's maybe the managers when it is strive to make it, as much as we love success in, in Scotland. We like our away days, we like doing well in Europe, we like going and seeing all these better players and playing against us and competing. We maybe try and get back to that level and by getting, as we call an elite manager or a very high level of manager, it's maybe the only way we're going to get back to that level. For the budget, the transfers and the fans we have, we should be realistically at least making the last 32 of the Europa League quite consistently. Um, we shouldn't be getting up to a qualifiers year in, year out. I get one half games, but we've only made the Champions League twice in the last eight year or nine years in it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That, to me, isn't good enough, considering the teams that we are playing and the teams that we've had to beat to get there. We've getting up to half some quite poor teams early years. And I think we're no... I don't know why, but we're not streetwise enough in Europe, and I think that needs to change. Maybe that's what we might need to look into a European manager um, again and see what sort of things that they can come up with, because even Rogers wasn't the greatest in Europe. I, I get he had his philosophy, attack-minded uh, football, and sometimes he was trying to go toe-to-toe with Barcelona and PSG in that, which is not really do. Um, but we really need to look at that because that's where the financial side is in Europe. We really need to progress in Europe and try and get the, the group stages of the Champions League or the last 32 Europa League um, because in Europe, I don't feel we're really good enough for the size of the club, the fan base and the budget that we spend and the wage bill we've got. Um, I think that needs to be looked at as well because... I reckon that some of these teams that have knocked us out are always probably double three times the size of them and the yeah, transfer fees. So why are we getting it so wrong 
in Europe all the time. That needs to be looked at. I would definitely be getting beat off a lot of, no disrespect to a lot of teams, but a lot of dross. Um, mm-hmm. Under Dyer, you're beating off teams like Mulder. Again, Copenhagen, they're a decent outfit, but a team like Usby should be beating them. Kluge. Kluge is another one to talk about. There's just, in the past, I don't know, I really don't, I really can't pinpoint it myself, mate. Is it complacency for the board? We'll just try and, we'll just try and get to the group stages. We'll just try and they don't have a proper, again, John, we've spoken about with Robert, there's never any plan B. If the plan A doesn't work, then again, we're struggling to actually come up with ideas. And that was when we spoke about, obviously, the start of this season, the Fennings Faros and the summer transfer. It was like plan A didn't work, getting Tony, right, we'll get a Yeti. We've spoken about it in other podcasts, but it's just, everything all leads to the one thing. And the summer's just led to where we are the new. Lack of, lack of investment and maybe the quality players that we wanted and know the board no pulling their finger out and getting the deals done. Um, but I do agree with you with Elder that we can beat by a lot of dross. And I think we've spoken about it as well, John, that Celtic go to these places, even if it is against Alberg and Mulder and Cluj, and you'd expect them to get beat because how bad they're away from home. I used to have a laugh for you by watching Celtic away from home in Europe. Especially it's maybe uh, McManus and Caldwell and what that. First five minutes, we're going to concede dinner. It was, you wouldn't believe how many times we used to concede in the first five minutes. I game away from home. We used to come out, be compact, right at the start of the game, stop the other team from coming forward. The first attack, we were conceding goals. And you know something? Even for that seven and a half partnership years ago, that hasn't stopped, has it? We just don't learn in Europe through different managers or different players we just don't learn why is that is it the manager's philosophy like Rodgers playing two wingers against PSG in Barcelona which was absolutely crazy but why is all these managers failing it's it's baffling very very baffling with the same faults the same faults I very similar thoughts. I don't know. I just think teams you never know what they think you are. Go for them. It's as simple as that. It's maybe shows Celtic a respect in Europe, especially when you go to the air guns. They just go gung-ho and I don't know a Celtic just don't prepare for that. Like teams coming out at you in the first five minutes as you say, John. They do, I mean, a lot you really need to settle into a game in Europe. You really need to kind of be compact and try and go into a game after 20 minutes and try and get the ball out. But the first 20 minutes should be about winning your individual battles and just making sure that you're tight, touch tight and no giving a guy two or three yards to hurt you. And I don't think we do that very well in Europe. I think there's one or two old switch off that then causes a mass panic amongst the rest of them. They have to get dragged out of positions and it's just a thing we really need to get better at. We really, really need to get better at it. And all right, we've had the odd couple of games in Europe. You went, I can't win in Lazio um, last year. Um, the one against Anderlecht, Rogers, we know. Another cat game, Leo, that year there. Um, two each. Is it two each that year? Mm-hmm. Leo? Aye but we end up nearly losing at the end. So, 
I just don't think Celtic's streetwise enough. Um, don't know why, as you say, it's the last 10 years. We just don't know how to kind of see it a game or manage a game. I don't know how that is because it's been three or four different managers and oh, things yeah. keep happening. Like, we're turning up in the San Siro after 15 minutes and then we went into kind of a panic mode and conceded to and then didn't know what to do and get beat 4 2 and they end up. Other teams know how to manage that and keep a hold of the ball and do things different. We're just, I don't know. As he says, it's very strange. It's, it's very strange how, I don't know, as it, as it like, I know Mace stuff up when and says there's a bit, a, bit, a bit of a pile of draws in these press conferences near the end, but I maybe do agree with him that maybe we did a culture change. Maybe it's been the same culture change for years and it's went to the board, to the players, it's all the way down, but I do agree with him and you don't being able to settle and it's like, seeing it comes to this this season again we started to I keep going same as you Robert plan A all I've got is plan A plan A plan A and if that fucks up mm. it's gone and I don't know if that's been the way even though we've been successful if that's always been the way it's Celtic it's only really now we're starting to see all the cracks with the board and the communication and how the transfers are dealt with but I just think that definitely a, a European manager might help us John when it comes to Known being smear streetwise in Europe because as much as Lennon done okay in his first spell, Roger done okay in the first season in Europe, but we've not had a sustained, a sustained success period of time in Europe getting to the latter stages or getting to decent in the group stages by playing well. It's maybe a wee foot result here and there, we're never actually sustaining success in Europe. As I said, though, it's Robert says there, it's sort of a sustained period of time where. Succession of managers. What was it he said? Lennon said about his press conference. He says, he says, I think it was, was it, a culture change. Was it? He says, uh, he says there's got to be a culture change. He he's been part of that. I know. Twice. So what the fuck's he talking about? That's what I'm saying. We don't know. Is what, that him saying he's failed? We don't know because what is going on there if he keeps saying it? because as Rob Roberts can eventually just zone out his press conference because he, he was just talking the same stuff. Very disappointing culture change needed and all that. But and then as he was getting closer to he was leaving, he was changing it again, like I'm going to be here to rebuild not. You were getting so many different queries from him. Um but when it comes to the manager side as well, a few names I know we've spoken about but you met this David, but Sean Dyche, Steve Clark, the guy from Man City, the youth guy, Enzo Mac, can't mean the name, but Enzo, um, and obviously Michael O'Neill guys are there. You spoke at Michael O'Neill, Robert. Again, highlighted it a few weeks, a few months ago. I think he'd be a decent fit as well. Low budget with Stoke. Doing all right with Stoke. He's used to working with maybe average players at Northern Ireland. He's getting together like a team. So again, Robert, I think, don't know if any guys would maybe suit you, but I know Michael O'Neill would be a guy you would, you would take. I, I think he's just, he fits Celtic as a club. I think just the way we operate. Um Graham Potter's another one I like at Brighton. I think guys done well. Come in, wouldn't they demand a big lot of transfer money? Um, guys like this, um, I think is more realistic in their budget. I still think guys that will probably no go to the board and demand as well. I think these guys would be happy to accept a certain amount of like we can only eat eight million or seven million. That needs to last you. 
But if we sell a player, you might get some of that. And I think that's what Celtic, as much as they want to give the manager now that Dominic McKay's come in, as much as they want to give the manager the reins of signing players, I think it'll be a tight purse strings because of the pandemic, because they're operating at loss. I don't see the next manager coming in and spending £20 million pounds mm-hmm. unless we recruit £50 million, then I would say maybe I. But I think that's what it will come down to as well. What money we get into the players and what sort of financial gap we've left the Christmas to the summer. So... There's obviously I think that's what it's all going to come down to. the budget side, and obviously guys like Sean Dyche, Steve Clark, Phil Neal, they would fit the ball when it comes to dealing with maybe lower budgets and having to actually work very hard and getting the players working hard and doing it on the park. I agree, I agree with you 100%. Obviously, John, you spoke about Steve Clark as well. He's been highlighted. We might have took him if it was maybe last season, if we understood what this season was going to be like. Um, but I don't know if you would take the names. Sean Dyke, Steve Clark. I think Steve Clark could be realistic, but I think he's still got unfinished business Celtic, uh, Scotland, sorry. Um, and I don't really know if he likes, if he would like the high life at Celtic. I don't know if he likes the quiet life now. I don't know if he'd be involved in that. I don't know if he likes him in the goldfish bowl because he spoke about it before how the rivalry with Celtic Rangers and it's very heated and he's happy with Scotland. So, again, but it comes to realistic guys, he could be one that could pop up. Sean Dyche, um, he's done well to keep Burnley in the Premier League, got him into Europe, didn't he? Was it six he finished? Aye. That, that was a phenomenal achievement, considering no spent uh, a great deal of money, no a big budget. Getting players just to play. For example, I've spoke to Ryan about just playing with a big lump up front in certain games. But the boy would, at Burnley's a big lump. You don't have to be the best, but all you've got to be is effective in that position and in the team structure. And he's done that. Uh, Dykes, he's, he's got them playing a certain way. I don't think they're very flamboyant, just a workman-like side. But they get enough good results consistently year, year on, year out, to stay mid-table in that cutthroat Premier League. Because um, it is cutthroat because they get like 90 odd million or whatever for staying in the league. And, but I don't think Burnley have got a big stadium. Uh, I don't know if they get big crowds. I don't think so. So they need that. They need, they need that money every year for, from staying in that league to, to keep yourself afloat, really. Um, I don't think, I, I can't recall them selling anybody for big money either. Um, so he obviously he can find a player in the championship or the lower tier of the Premier League and make make the players better. There must be if he's they're continuously staying in that league all the time. See what you're saying there, John, is like they don't play an attractive brand of football. I did think they were that type of team, but I watched them against Crystal Palace a few weeks ago at Crystal Palace, and they played some right tracking football. They beat Crystal Palace 3-0, and it should have been five or six. And Aye. the football they played that day was brilliant. I was actually shocked at how well they played football-wise. Um, and I did think they were that type of team, but 
I don't know if he maybe plays that way against the, the top teams mm-hmm. and then maybe adjust mm-hmm. it against teams that he thinks he can get it. But Aye. the football they played that day, Crystal Palace were two or three inches away from them every time. They just they were that quick. They're passing, they're moving. Their wee right backs were probably one of the goals of the season if you get to see it. That was some goal. Um, plays the ball in. Barges by two players. He flicks it into Jay Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez dinks it back into his path and he catches it on the ball and puts it into the bottom corner. Another guy, Jay Rodriguez, he plucked him out of nowhere. Guy's care was looking a bit nose diving. The guy's been brilliant at him. Really, really good. So I think his man management skills must be good because, as you say, he's plucking these players for no great teams and re-energising their careers and I think the thing with his team is he's never got a superstar in it. He's just got a work like and team and they're all good together. He seems to get the best out of him because he's kept coming in consistently for the last few years in the Premier League. Obviously as well, um, in, the, in the papers not recently, Hammond and Gary Penrice, they were leaving. Obviously they're part of the recruitment and the backroom staff again, which obviously sounds as well, John, that obviously there's going to be movement, um, which I think is, I think, it should be all the backroom staff, everybody who's in old regime should be out and it should, as I say, Sir Robert, or do just start a total fresh. Aye, just wrap it up. Start afresh. New regime. Um, because the model at the moment's failing. Domestically, for one year it's failed. But in Europe it's failing far too often. And that's where we we need to be financially. So obviously we spoke as well about how the guy Hammond has failed. He's maybe had tumble versus really high siding because we can all scout tumble. He's played in the league. We can all see that he's... He was the best young prospect aye, in Scotland. Aye. So we can all see that. So it doesn't take a guy from down south to come and scout him. Um, but he's failed and supposedly has market down south. He knows the down south market and it comes to abroad. He's failed. So I think... I don't think South fans will lose any sleep. I'm leaving, Robert. No, definitely not. Ryan, he has been a total failure. Um, even when I was like seeing in the papers, like, he was at least scouting players at Murrayville and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If you've seen any of that, and I was thinking, God, what's he doing? Surely he's... I get he's probably been failed. We need a centre-half that would maybe say we've got 800 grand to spend. You have one guy better than somebody at well or... Scandinavian league, you know what I mean? His, his, his success rate was terrible. I don't think he did have an eye for any player. Um, he had to go, and I hope that's true that he is leaving at the end of the season because I think we'll get spoiled with some players over the years and I can't remember any of his players being a success, to be honest with you. So, I that, that's been a total disaster, bringing him in. Um, probably, again, a bit of a rush job because... Um, Rogers took that other guy away. Mm. Um, know that he was the greatest in the world either, but that's who Rogers enjoyed working alongside. Um, but again, if it was me, I would try and go back for John Park. I thought he was quite successful. I thought he'd get a lot of joy out of things. I didn't get everyone right, but he got a lot right. Um, or maybe look at somebody across Europe um, that's got good success rate at maybe an Ajax or a I'll be Leipzig or I'm older or something because these guys seem to so maybe we might be doing that sort of road for a scout I don't know 
Because obviously as well, highlighted this week was obviously Wee Frimpong's comments um, at Leverkusen. Basically says that we can't always win everything at Celtic. Um, things have got to change every so often and whatever else. And for me, John, I don't know if that's your opinion, but it's if that's the opinion of the players and which the atmosphere is about this season, then... I can see why we've failed this season because you've got to want to win no just league you want to win every game doesn't matter about if you, if you draw in Scotland it's a disaster for the Celtic Rangers it's a disaster so if that's the attitude of him is that the attitude of the full players is that why we've failed this season John if he's come out this oh, I understand we've got to win the league but it's if we if we, we can't win everything I don't think that's a good enough attitude to be a club at Celtic he was only at Celtic for less than 18 months, wasn't he? So mm. I think it's a wee bit cheeky to be talking about Celtic like He's only 20 year old, I know. Um, he's, he, he's not made it in football yet. He was at Celtic for 18 months. Now he's taken a big step between playing that uh, Bundesliga. There's a lot of tasty teams in there. I don't know what Leverkusen are in the league. I, I have no idea. You any idea? No, about six or seven, John. I read up pretty high up then. Aye. It's a very good standard then. Um, we'll see how he gets on there. Um, was he using Celtic as a same zone? Or was it just a matter I need must and get some cash in due to the pandemic? Well, we says as well he that... He the belt to get sold. He says... He says um, he was kind of shocked that obviously Leverkusen came from, but I think what he was maybe meaning was he was shocked that teams actually looked at like maybe the, the SPL. But then again, that's a lack of knowledge because teams for Celtic and Rangers as well have went to bigger clubs for big transfer fees. So again, I don't know where if he's been maybe advised in his press conference with somebody, I don't know. But for the attitude of the press conference, to me, it was maybe somebody like, if that's the attitude of him, is that the attitude of some of the squad players? And that's maybe, maybe why we have been feeling because maybe the hunger's not there this season and it should be here this season. Which I think sh- should be questioned maybe if that's what he's, what he's attitude is. But it's t- as I've said before on here, it's talent everywhere. Because Scotland's like a backwater in European terms now. It's talent everywhere. Every country's got fantastic players. They just need a chance with good coaches whatever to bring them on. And that's what we need to do. I know we need to pick up these nuggets as well, which we have. The last five or six years, we, ha- we have been buying players cheap and selling them on, getting a nugget or two here and there. But we need to get better at that and we need to promote the youths as well. Definitely. Go to see more homebred players on the team for financial reasons. Obviously yourself, Robert, what's your thoughts on obviously his comments about that? Because... Again, is that maybe why your season has maybe derailed? Is that the attitude for the manager and the players? I think I think what Ping Pong has said and what he's meant is two different things. I think what he means is Celtic can't win the league every single year. But there's a way I lost mm-hmm. taking it to the last game, mm-hmm. being a better team. I don't think he's meaning it in that sense. I think he means I Celtic. Can he win everything every year? I think that's what he meant. But that's not why the fans are 
pissed off. Fans were pissed off because of the way the seasons went. It's a total disaster. We've literally lost the league before January. In December, we lost the league. We get knocked out of the League Cup with Ross County. We get knocked out of the Champions League with Ferro and Farrell. We get fucking quite embarrassed in the Europa League after the last fucking spot of Prague. And we finished both with a group with 1 1 and a draw, which was quite embarrassing again. I we get we can't win everything, we get that. But there's ways I'd be going about doing it. You've got to fight with desire and show that you can do things. And this season, we haven't done any of it. It's been embarrassing as far as I'm concerned. We, if you're going to lose the league, lose it with three or four points at the last two games of the season. Even if you lose it with one point, the fans would go, aye, they gave it their all. We were unlucky. But we didn't. That's, that's the difference. And I don't think we can from meant it that way. But that's the way it's came across in his interview. That's just my opinion. No, I agree with you. Um, but and, and it's just, I don't know if it's just my way of when I played football that you've got to try and win everything you can. And obviously, we, we all know in general life, life moves on and you can't win everything. But if you're a professional football, my, my opinion is you, you've got to strive to win everything. Um, that's got to be the attitude you've got to have. And if that's no the attitude, maybe some players have got this season, maybe that is maybe why we've failed. Um, but the last few, but I want to talk about. I'll start with yourself, Robert. Is obviously John Collins. I was listening to him in Sports Sound. I think it was yesterday or the, the, the day. He was, he was saying maybe how when him and Dyla were at Celtic, he was trying to get somebody to come in and can I speak English, but to but foreign guys came in to help them integrate with the squad and can I learn the language and basically get used to the culture at Celtic and help them can I get in touch with the players and obviously the fans and. He says, can I get denied? Um, and again, for me, that should be something that should be a, a club of Celtic. I think it is, it is a, a lot of other clubs that I understand that. Because I think with Petrov as well, when he came, Petrov had to learn like a Bulgar van. There was nobody at the club to, to teach him English. So is that another thing that maybe guys like Barcast coming in, doesn't know, doesn't know English really that well? Could that something maybe help him? At Celtic in the longer term? To be honest, if that's not Celtic, I find that in the 21st century quite embarrassing. I thought that'd be, I think it'd be quite installed. Um, 10 years ago, to be honest with you, I would have thought that maybe somebody even in there that could even bring somebody in that can speak English and Greek, say, for his sake, or I can speak a certain amount of languages. Um, I thought that would have been installed just to help people along and especially at a club at Celtic it's, it's not what you're talking about a mother well it's maybe bringing a guy into Greece and they went can I afford to pay that sort of budget to bring somebody in to teach him English um, I mean what would, it's not going to cost three million pound a year to bring a guy in that can speak a few languages and interact with these guys that can't speak the language I think that's a bit arrogance for Celtic just expecting everybody to come into the country and being able to speak English. Because as I always say when you go on holiday, when I go to Spain and that, I, I can't speak Spanish. I can speak a little bit of Spanish. But a bit of respect is trying to learn the language. Maybe that's what Celtic, just expect people to come to your country and just learn the language. I'm not saying that's what they do. But a wee bit of respect when you go to these countries is trying to learn a wee bit of 
line leash just to communicate slightly. Um, I just feel that that's a bit of respect. But maybe Celtic just expect it after them backs for these people to learn the languages and come to these countries. I don't know. But I would have expected Celtic to have somebody in there um, that could speak a few languages to interact with these guys. Because they obviously know what's happening in training and what positional sense and obviously the drills and stuff they're doing. Because obviously as well, John, see if we do get a maybe European manager and maybe overseas scouts or to get these guys for different countries, some will come here and no really knowing a lot of English. So I'm like Robert, I'm really surprised something like that wasn't at Celtic because some of the like Nakamura, I suppose I could talk English. I know he was a fantastic player, but having somebody in like that could help these guys on the park and off the park. Most of these Clubs, you've seen them on the, the documentaries detailing that they've all got player liaison officers that that help players out with finding houses, blah blah blah. I would have thought that was part of their remit as well. Um, you told me there, Collins says that I was a wee bit shocked myself because I thought that would have been standard if somebody doesn't speak the language or if they just want a bit of help to speak it to communicate better with their teammates. Um, very surprised with that. Maybe they've just downloaded Babel onto their phones for them. There you go. Two quid. That's what John Collins was saying. He says, having Dyla try to get somebody in to try and help the foreigners, and he says, basically, basically get denied. He didn't say that, but he basically says they weren't allowed. Um, I think a lot of things in the last few years have not been sanctioned for the board, and I think Robert, again, when it comes to Changing the full culture, changing the full structure. I think now it's definitely going to happen because that can keep going on. Because if we want to progress and get these better talented players or better coaches, and that's going to be the way to go forward. Definitely, then you've got to move for the things. That's just the way it is. And maybe we learned uh, Peter Lawwell and it's Celtic so long, he's maybe went stale. Maybe this is what we need, a fresh approach with Dominic McKay. This is maybe where we need to move with the times. Um, he's a younger guy, he's only 42 or 43 or something, Dominic McKay. Um, so maybe he's bit me a clue up with the modern things in football and life, should we say. So, definitely. And then obviously the last week, can I want to speak as well, obviously after our, after our Dean game, John, um, Obviously, Big Chris Ayer's been spoken about again how good he was and he's been brilliant all season. Um, see, maybe keeping him, if we could, with a better manager, do you think he would be, who, would he be more crucial to keep than Edward? Or because we need somebody, in my opinion, the defence is maybe your downfall. A base at the back, would he maybe be somebody who's crucial to keep for next season if we can keep him? I wouldn't think he's been brilliant all season, to be honest with you, Ryan. I think he's been our best player. Right, well, that's what I mean. Aye, he's been our best. I think he's, he's, been our most cons- he's been our most consistent player. Still made a lot of... No so much maybe after Christmas, before Christmas, one or two mistakes in most games. Um, as regarding selling, uh, Celtic need the door. So they'll be selling players, don't worry about that. They'll need to sell players. Would I keep higher? Aye. Uh, definitely. I'm sick of seeing fucking Scott Brown 
running 20 yards to come back and getting the ball out for Ayer. When we've seen Ayer doing it, he can carry the ball 30, 40, 50 yards up the park. But Scott Brown continues to drop, making the defence play deeper, making the whole team play deeper. When Ayer gets the whole team up the park, uh, I quite like it when he, he goes in a run with the ball, takes us up the park, into our team's half. Whereas Brown just wants to get the ball and play square passes and we give me fucking sick here. It's definitely in it, though, but it's priceless when it does that higher because it does get you, especially if you're playing Europe and you're maybe under pressure, it gets you out of the park. He's got a big, long stride, and I think he's maybe progressing now as a player, and I know he does make a few mistakes. I wasn't that keen on him, but this season he's he's maybe been one of the standouts of the season for us, and I think he's maybe for what he builds something with the cool we've got. I know many is selling for money, but I think it's somebody with as possible, try and give him a new deal and try and keep him for at least in our season. Ah, yeah, I like Ayer. Um, he's got a lot of good things about him. He's calm on the ball, he strides out with the ball. One thing I don't like about him is the height of him, and he doesn't want a lot of heaters. Mm-hmm. A guy at his height should be commanded in both boxes. I can't remember Ayer scoring a heater for Celtic. I really can't. It baffles me why a guy at his stature doesn't go in the hit. On the end of more crosses, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe I like see done that in modern football. We certainly don't anyway in any books, maybe. Um, but he's got a lot of great good abilities about him. I like him. I think he's a good player. And I, I seen a video with Julian the day. He is. He's probably up for another six, seven months. He's just started this big brace on his leg, putting his foot over cones and it was like five cones and then he turns and the guy rolls the ball to him and he stands on it with his foot but he's got this big massive brace on and to me it must have been must have snapped his leg in two whatever it's been but he is you can forget about him being ready for next season so you're definitely going to need another centre half because um, I feel very and whether you say higher you might need two centre halves next season See, I don't even know if you even heard what his injury is. I know it's his knee, but have you have we been told what what he's actually done? I've no, you probably have, but I can't remember it. But you know that way, it's like scaffolding when his his leg. That's what it looks like a big scaffolding with it to keep it obviously in check and whatever to stop his minimum movement. And he's in France now doing his development and trying to recover. But to me. You can forget it. Probably be January next year. Well, he's back. It just looked, it looked very bare minimum. As if, unless he makes a miraculous recovery, Mr. Miyagi gets a hold of him, I don't know. But to me, it looked like he was. So, that's a long time to he'll be back, mate. Because on, on Julian, John, you did say that maybe once I was him injured, that you, you, you thought that he might not play for Sailor again. Obviously, he's in Shams away. The French might be away. All the French boys will be away, right? I think. Definitely. Um, they all hung about together. Um, <sighs> been a bit disappointed with Julian. I. He's played well in some big games or whatever, but <sighs> I just thought he was a bit weak. I don't think... People say Scotland's a physical game, but I, I don't really think it is. 
and he seemed to struggle against boys that just wanted to go up against him. Um, I wasn't that. You, I think you liked him, but maybe because he played well in bigger games. But I wasn't that over impressed with him for the amount of money we spent on him. Um, I definitely think we need two centre horse for next year. With Wells as a third centre half, uh, on the fringes, on the bench. Um, he can learn for another season or whatever off another two quality centre-backs. But Duffy, by way, he's been horrendous. Just cut ties with him. Joins out. Um, I would like to keep Ayer, personally, but finances might dictate otherwise. I definitely agree with you, John. Um, I think centre-back's a big thing for next season. But again, that's for us to speak about next season. Um, but can I, one of the manager front, um, I think Eddie Howe's maybe been spoken about a lot. Um, I'm a Eddie Howe fan, I think. I love him in. Um, but again, that's for the end of the season when the appointment comes in. Um, obviously, donated came up this weekend. Um, we've got a podcast tomorrow as well with a Celtic fan, Lisa. Uh, we want to work with her, me and Robert. Um, we'll get to know her stories about Celtic and obviously her thoughts in this season. Um, thanks for your time, John. And obviously Robert as well. Thanks a lot, lads. Cheers. Cheers, lad. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 